Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. We help committed people stop wasting time and stop compromising on their goals. We build and rebuild strong people through one-on-one custom fitness solutions. No filler, no nonsense, and no time to waste. Let's talk about it. Hey, hello and welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock. Today we are talking about prioritizing recovery and exactly how you're supposed to do that. I had a great question come in about this from someone who is getting their workouts in. They know that they feel better when they do some recovery work, but they have a really hard time prioritizing it, getting it in. It seems like there isn't enough time or it just gets forgotten. It kind of gets shoved to the side, which I suspect is a fairly common feeling with a lot of people out there. You're better at getting the workouts in than getting the recovery in. So when we talk about recovery, what exactly do we mean? Recovery is a broad term and it includes a lot of different things. Certainly, it includes foam rolling, stretching, any kind of self-release, using cool theracanes or vibrating massage guns, If you have a device that puts small amounts of electric shocks into your body to make your muscles do things, all of things are absolutely recovery. Certainly getting body work. If you get a sports massage or any kind of massage, if you visit a chiropractor, that could definitely be part of recovery. If you are working with a physical therapist on a regular basis, that could absolutely be part of recovery. Also, broadly, a little more broadly, the overarching parts of recovery are prioritizing your sleep your diet, and monitoring your stress level. Now, those are big, and we've done other podcasts on that, so I think we're actually going to talk today about those small, detailed pieces, because that is actually where the question came from, and I feel like that might be the most useful. I know I should stretch. I know I should foam roll. I know I should do some release. I know I should do these things that I know how to do, but I just don't do them. How do we make that work? Number one, schedule it. However you're getting your workouts done, I suggest making this recovery as part of it. Certainly, and we do this with a number of clients, if you're working with FeelStrong, simply ask. And we will put as part of your workout, you know, as you're working down it, maybe you're squatting and doing some handstands and you have a conditioning piece. And then the last part will be foam roll quads for 90 seconds per side or something like that maybe a couple of different things in there, maybe some stretching, maybe some releasing. So schedule it. Don't make it a thing that you need to remember to throw in at the end. Just like getting your workouts in can't be optional. We need to try and make it mandatory. We want to make it a habit. We want to make it a routine in your life. If this recovery is important, and it may well be, then we need to schedule it. It has to be as important as the workout. Remember, we get stronger, we get better, we get faster, we get more resilient in the recovery, as you recover from these efforts, that is where you get stronger. In the gym, we make you a little bit weaker. And if you see benefits from these recovery pieces, and that's an important question, are you seeing a benefit? Then we need to make it a routine, make it a habit, make it just a part of the thing you're doing all the time. As part of that, I think make it short, make it easy. If you want to do a 40-minute yoga piece after every workout, and you think that's really important, that might be great. It might feel really well. It might make you feel good. You might have some uh, mental, emotional release in there, but it isn't easy and it isn't short. And if I were to assign that to everyone, 
everyone doing workouts. I said, okay, you did your workout and twice a week, you have to do this 40 minute yoga piece. I suspect it would not be very successful because that's a big ask. Not everyone has another 40 minutes to give, even if it would be really effective. Not everyone has another 40 minutes to give. So make it short. How little, what is the minimum effective dose of recovery we can put in here? If you had a day where you're doing a lot of stuff with your legs, maybe, like I said earlier, 90 seconds of foam rolling per side, 90 seconds of a wall quad stretch per side, walk away. I just described a six minute recovery piece. It's not nothing. Six minutes could matter, but you can probably get it done or you could do half of it. No, you'll start foam rolling. And if you feel like you still have time, you'll get to the wall quad stretch. That is the other side. Make it easy. Try not to make this super complicated. There are lots of interesting recovery release protocols out there, and I like a lot of them. I love wrapping stuff up with voodoo bands. I love putting little electroshocks on my muscles every once in a while. I like the massage gun. I like body work. I like all of this stuff, truly and sincerely. However, that's not something I know that I can get in every day. It isn't always easy. Easy, think, what can I do anywhere? If you need to have access to a very particular piece of equipment that maybe your gym only has one of, that isn't necessarily easy. It might be nice if you can get to the PVC that has the crossball taped on the end and you wedge it in a corner and that's, oh, that really makes your pecs feel good when you can dig in there and get all of that work done. But they've only got the one and it isn't always available and sometimes people lose it. It's nice to have another plan, something you can definitely do. If you need to get shoved out of the way because a class is coming in or the bench you were planning on working on is taken up, it would be nice to have something you can always get done. It would be nice to have something you could potentially do at home. Now, that's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Leaving recovery for home sometimes means it doesn't happen. So I tend to lean toward getting these pieces of recovery, the foam rolling, the stretching, the self-release done in the gym when we can, because being in the gym is that work environment. When you show up, something turns on in your brain and it's time to do the work. It's time to focus. It's time to execute on these things in a way that your living room or your bedroom or your kitchen, often there's other things that happen there and it may not always be the easiest thing to stop and do six to eight minutes of recovery, even if it's short. So schedule it, make it short, make it easy. Now, is recovery important? Yes, it is. Why is it important? Because we want to allow you to recover to your fullest so we can keep getting work done. This is where the adaptation happens. This is where you're getting stronger, faster, more stable, more resilient, more able to do all of the things in the world that you want to do, all of the things that you want to say yes to. That's why we do the work in the gym by and large. So let's say, why is foam rolling important? Foam rolling, I think, was overhyped and then got a really bad reputation and foam rolling is fine. It's fine. Foam rolling, the reason I believe foam rolling is really useful is because being able to roll over that surface makes it really easy to find the little trigger points, find the hot spots that need a little bit of release. I don't suggest just rolling up and down and up and down for two minutes. That's generally not super effective. It's not bad, but it's generally not super effective. Typically, I will direct people to roll around and find a spot that lights up, find that trigger point, find that hot spot, that place where you get to it. And you're like, Ooh, I really feel that and hang out there. Let this be a point specific massage release for 
probably not more than 90 seconds. Not more than 90 seconds on a spot. Control your breathing, focus on it, try and release these knots, these muscles, these things that have tightened up a little bit, and then move on. If you're foam rolling for 15 minutes, you're probably way overdoing it. I suspect you're not doing any damage, but you're not being very efficient and you're potentially wasting your time, which is something we don't really like to see. So trying to understand what you're getting out of these recovery pieces can be really useful. Stretching in general, I think has been significantly overhyped. And in the past few years, actually the past, more the past decade, there's been lots of work showing that stretching often doesn't have a ton of benefit. And occasionally there's a study that comes out that shows that especially if people stretch before a workout, sometimes they're a little more prone to injury because things have been loosened up in a way they aren't quite ready for. They're at, they now have access to a little extra range of motion they're not used to working in, and they may be weaker in that fuller range of motion. This is my interpretation, not necessarily the study's conclusion. However, I really like a little bit of stretching beforehand and if you've ever worked with me, it'll be like maybe 60 seconds of a static stretch just to get a little bit, bit of blood flowing. Typically, it will be the first thing we do in a session and a little bit afterwards. Some more stretching, releasing, creating length in those muscles that we shortened and tightened again. Again, make it short, make it easy. So what matters with these recovery pieces? There's so many options out there. You are constantly, or at least I am constantly being marketed new and interesting recovery options. What matters? Well, what matters is how you feel. What matters is how you perform. If every single time you do deadlifts, you feel good doing them. And then two hours later, your back is really tight. It feels tight. It feels stiff. You have a hard time moving. You're very sore. That might be a place where we want to immediately try releasing, lengthening, working on some of your spinal erectors right after deadlifts. We may also want to be looking at your deadlift form and seeing why this is happening, but sometimes working really hard has these side effects. You're going to be a little sore. You're going to be a little stiff. Now, if it's not stopping you from doing the things you want to do, it's not necessarily the end of the world. Being sore for a day or two isn't a mark of pride. It doesn't necessarily indicate the quality of work you're doing, but it's also not necessarily a bad thing. It's something that happens. So if you're a little bit tight or you just feel a little bit blown up, your, your hips are a little stiff, your things are a little tough to move after a big, let's say a big day, we were doing lots of things with your legs, but you can still move through your day. It's perfectly comfortable. You can sit in the chair you need to sit in. Getting in and out of bed isn't a problem. You might be fine. And let that be an option. Let being fine potentially be an option. If you aren't super fine, if there's little niggles and nags and something you want to work on, what is the minimum effective dose we can point at that issue and actually get something done? I strongly suggest not getting cut up in a million recovery options. If you are a highly competitive athlete, if you're someone who is training for three plus hours a day, then you are likely someone who needs a lot more recovery, right? If you're working out for 45 minutes three times a week, you're getting a very different dose of exercise and work than an athlete who's working out for two to three hours six times a week. You will probably need relative recovery doses. So the 45 minutes three times a week person, three or four minutes after class might be fine. The 18 hours a week person is going to need more. 
they will probably need that time after class. They will probably have to do more regular body work. They will probably have to do more regular, let's call it slightly denser recovery pieces in terms of time and in terms of effort to get back to baseline so they can keep working. I think that's the last thing I'll talk about is monitoring your work rest ratio. And it's really important. There is a level at which you can work so hard and do so much work and not recover enough that you will start under recovering. And this is sometimes this is also referred to as overtraining. I actually think it's under recovering. It's not that you're training too much. It's that you're recovering too little, too few recovery options. So if that's what's happening, if you are noticing your performance go down and down and down, if you're feeling worse and worse and worse, I would suggest not necessarily looking at how much training you're doing, but how much recovery you're doing. Now, if you have a fixed amount of time to work on these things, which everyone does, everyone only has so much time to work on these things, it may well mean taking a little bit of training away to make room for a little more recovery. And often the people who need this most are the most resistant to this idea. But if you keep getting hurt, if you're starting to feel burned out, if you are watching your performance decline and decline and decline, and you don't understand because you are putting in the work and you keep showing up, you don't understand what's happening, I would suggest look at that work-rest ratio. How much are you working versus how much are you resting or recovering? And if you're not putting in the time on one side of the equation, it's not going to hold each other up. You can only work as hard as you recover, and that will always be true. If you train really hard, you'll need to recover really hard. And this isn't a judgment on your effort. It is total volume we're putting in here. If you're getting 45 minutes three times a week, that's likely plenty. You're probably good. Double high five and I mean it. We need to get you enough recovery to recover from that. The same side, if you're doing three hours a day, six times a week, that's a lot and you know it's a lot. We need to prioritize that recovery too. I hope this has been useful. I really appreciate your time. My name is Justin McClintock. Feel strong. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your subscriptions. Your written reviews make a big difference. Thank you for those. Please keep them coming. Drop five stars while you're there. If you find these podcasts helpful, share them with friends. Send it on. We love it when the stuff gets shared outside of our bubble, outside of you folks. Any feedback, hit us up on Instagram at feelstrongfit on Instagram. DMs are open there for all of your questions and feedback. Or questions about the program or you're ready to get started, feelstrong.me is the website feelstrong.me. If you're ready to make a change, if you're ready to feel better than you have in a long time, get in touch. My name is Justin McClintock. Feel strong.